0: Have you ever been stuck on how to bring your lessons to life? I discovered KiwiCo, monthly subscriptions of hands-on projects that make learning fun. Their core offering is projects that make learning about STEAM, science, technology, engineering, art, and math accessible, and are designed to spark creativity, tinkering, and learning. Some recent favorites are the Slime Lab, Physics Carnival, and Paper Circuits. Kiwi Crate was founded by engineer and mom of three, Sandra Olin and her deep desire to raise kids with the creative confidence needed to become the next generation of problem solvers and critical thinkers. I couldn't agree more with her mission, and I'm excited to offer you a chance to try them for free. To learn more about their projects for kids ages 2 to 16, and to redeem this exclusive offer, visit kiwico.com forward slash homeschool. That's kiwico.com forward slash homeschool to get your first month free today. Just pay $4.95 for shipping. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Your host, Felice Gerwitz, is an author, a publisher, and your radio show host. Hey everyone and welcome. This is Felice Gerwitz with Vintage Homeschool Mons and today we are going to talk about thinking outside of the box. Today's episode is 297 and you can find the show notes at Vintage Homeschool And I'm excited because this is the kind of thing I liked doing with my kids. And when I think about thinking outside of the box, the first idea that pops into my head is swimming against the stream. When I think about um, doing things differently or creatively, I know that, you know, some of you are thinking, well, gosh, Um, My kids are creative or they're not creative, and it really depends on the kid, but I really think that we can encourage all children to think differently, to be able to solve problems, and I think it really helps them, um, especially with academics. Uh, so today I want to thank our sponsor, which I think is perfect for this episode, and that's Kiwi Crate. If you do not know about Kiwi Crate, please check them out. Um, you can find them on their website at KIWICO.com. That's KiwiCo.com. And um, I love their uh, sets. I wish they had been around when my kids were little. Um, But wonderfully, I have all these grandchildren who absolutely love the stuff that they get. And so um, it really helps when you have someone who um, has done some research and knows what kind of things can spur on kids' creativity putting these together. So I want to give them a big shout out and a thank you. And please follow the links that are on the website uh, for more information. Well, I know, I know you have already have your books, your curriculum, or whatever, fill in the blank, that you are doing, and just the thought of thinking outside of the box takes too much time. You know, when I began homeschooling, there was not a ready curriculum that we could just go and buy, and now the choices are overwhelming, and I think that forced us To be able, as we were piecing together our curriculum for our children, uh, to be more creative. There wasn't, um, you know, very few, let's put it that way. There were a couple of, um, you know, boxed curriculum sets you could get, but they were mostly for um, kids who were overseas. Or, um, you know, I I know one of my friends used the curriculum because uh, they traveled around on a sailboat. But for most of us, we just felt you know uh, it wasn't going to meet our needs. Plus, it was really, really expensive. So we began with small steps, and you can do that as well. You can begin incrementally, use short periods of time uh, while you're fixing lunch. Um, you can give the kids a baggie full of random parts and ask them to create something. And I have some ideas I'm going to share with you um, before. I do. I'm going to give you some exercises you can do with your kids just to get them thinking differently. You know, we are all um, creatures of habit. And if your kids are like most kids, they just want to get the right answer and move on and go do something else, um, whatever that something else is that they want to do. And homeschooling allows us to Um, really work towards our children's strengths to do some remediation maybe on their weaknesses, but it it includes the fact that we can get the best out of our children just by allowing them opportunities. And some of these opportunities that you'll find that I'm going to present today really will spark their imagination and their creativity. I read um, in a business manual one time that someone had used a, um, a model of trying to solve for an answer to a complex question. And one of their suggestions in the list of how to solve complex questions within the workforce was to take it home and ask one of your kids. And they said a lot of times kids don't have the same preconceived ideas of how things work. Uh, For example, uh, one of the examples given was, you know, you don't necessarily need a gun to win a battle, or you don't necessarily need a shovel to dig a hole. And they were explaining that with children... Um, you know, creativity sometimes comes more easily. And I've read both, uh, you know, kids are not really naturally creative. You know, they just, um, you know, we, we, or they are naturally creative and we squelch their creativity down to no, kids are not creative and, um, you know, that opposite way of thinking. Whatever um, you have with your kids in your family I want you to just, you know, kind of sit back a little bit and learn um, some of these, you know, examples or use some of these examples uh, to teach your children to, to learn a little bit differently. When we're thinking outside of the box, we try to stretch our kids' ideas and imagination. And here are the activities I wanted to share with you thing is a silly thing, and we've done this um, at our home and I would have the kids um, when they were getting frustrated learning something. I would say, okay, we are going to go downstairs. And we walked over to the living room and I had to take off their shoes if they had shoes on. and I had them sit on the couch upside down and hang off the couch. And I would tell them with their heads on the ground, of course, you know, blood's pooling to their brain. I would say, I want you to tell me what you see. And the whole idea and objective of this little, you know, activity was they were looking at the world from a different perspective. And we would do little things like this, especially when they were frustrated or got stuck on a problem and, and sometimes just taking a break. Helps the solution come to mind, or it it frees them a little bit to you know be open uh, to something that's difficult. Uh, one of the things I said to my kids over and over again, and they used to be able to fill in the blanks. I would say, if you know something that is presented and it's easy, you know it's easy. If you that means you know it. If it's difficult, that means it's something you will learn, and then guess what? It becomes easy. So that's, you know, something that you would I would tell my children to help them with their frustrations. Another is when they draw a picture, you would have them draw something simple and then tell them to turn it upside down and ask them what they see. So basically, it's the same thing as hanging off the couch upside down. You're going to try to look at things from a different angle and explain that. Just say you know when we look at, at an object or we look for a solution, we always look at the obvious, right? And so when we're trying to solve something that's complex, if we can look at it from a different angle or a different perspective, that really helps us a lot. Um, I remember going back to our sponsor Kiwi Crate. The kids got a crate from Kiwi Crate, and it was really cute because. They wanted to embellish it and make it their own, and I allowed them to. They put it together, and then they added all of these embellishments. And that's part of you know adding your own creativity and your own spin to something, or taking um, something we were learning about, um, you know, levers one time, and the next thing I know, my kids are making catapults. And so you know, it's it's taking an idea. Getting your kids excited about learning, looking at it from a different perspective, and then allowing them the time to be able to create. The third activity was looking at the clouds. How many times have you looked at the clouds and looked at the shapes and everyone sees something different? Well, that's a great activity, too. You can have the kids either draw the pictures or just sit out on a blanket or in some chairs and study the clouds and you know, write down a list of what they see, and then share it. Because again, everyone sees things a little bit differently. Um, on occasion, you know, we have the same perspective, but looking at things with the idea in mind that you are going to be searching is another way uh, to exercise a little bit of you know looking at things differently and not quite the status quo. The fourth is look at the end result and work backwards. So I did this as an author. I knew what I want the wanted the beginning to be. I actually knew what the ending was going to be, but I had no idea what I was going to do in the middle. So in order to find a solution, we worked backwards. You can do that as well. You know, um, you can use it in math. You can use it in science. You can use it. In, um, you know, so many different things where it is a little bit more open-ended. Now, math, you're going to have the correct answer, right? But the solution and how you find that answer may not always be the same. For science, a lot of it's exploratory. You're going to experiment. There are some tenets in science. You know, for example, let's say gravity or let's talk about... Um, you know magnetic fields. Some of those things, you know, are tried and true. Other things are open ended, and especially if the kids come up with an experiment or an idea or something they want to test, that result isn't going to always be obvious. And so sometimes you can you can take what you want the result to be and try to work backwards. Sometimes that works, and sometimes it doesn't, um, which is going to bring me to some do's and don'ts in a minute. The fifth is using all of your senses. We talked about, you know, using our eyes and studying things, and maybe looking at um, some exploration or open-ended ideas. But now we're going to use our sensory with our auditory, our ears. And one of the great activities we do with our kids, and I, I swear we did this like at least uh, once or twice a month. We would do the close your eyes activity and just have them listen. This does a ton of different things. Number one, it allows them to learn what real listening is. You know, kind of closing out somebody um, rustling next to them, although they could write that down as you know a noise they heard. But it also helps them when they're when they're listening to you and you're trying to teach. Another is to really put their other senses quiet and l- just use their one sense, which is hearing. So you can do this outdoors. You, you can do this in different places. We have a, um, one place in the house where kind of things hum, um, a fan that makes a little bit of a funny noise, a, an old freezer that's in our laundry room that hummed. So I would put chairs out um, in our hallway and I would have the kids sit and listen, and they would write down some of the different things that they heard. And I remember one of my children saying, you know, I never heard that noise that the freezer made, and you walk out the laundry room to get to the garage to go outside. So it was really interesting how just being quiet and listening allows them to use some of their other senses and... Um, and. You know, or not use some of their other senses because you know you're going to use your eyes or um, try, to, and you're going to get distracted. So it just kind of helps to um, focus in on what you want your kids uh, to be doing in that situation. The whole idea of all of these little activities, and you can I could probably add about ten more, but is to see things from a different perspective. When we use our senses in this way, we're training our minds to think differently, and we're going to find that some solutions don't work, and that is why I want to present you with a list of my do's and don'ts, and then I'm going to give you um, some ideas uh, that you can do with your kids. Okay, so the first do's and don'ts. Don't do it for them. Yes, I know. It's difficult because we want to jump in and help, and it's okay to allow for failure, which if you do, parents, you will be so blessed because um, this is from my husband's wisdom. He would always say, you know, we spend all of our time catching our kids and not allowing them to fail. And if we do that, that is going to set them up for never, um, you know, really doing things on their own or realizing that they're doing it on their own. And you know they're they're going to require that help. And I think that's part of an issue today um, when we have kids who have meltdowns who have not been allowed to fail within the home. It's a safe place. If you mess up, it's okay. You know, we learn from our failures, and there's so many life lessons that go with that. The second is um, silly isn't always best because sometimes the kids get all giggly and they want to try these like little, you know, silly things. And we might know that it won't work, but sometimes you can give the kids the benefit of the doubt. But sometimes if it's just too silly, you may need to help them um, along the way and have them talk through what they want to do and ask them if they really think it's going to work. Number three is do something else for a while. Um, similar to going and hanging off the couch when you're getting frustrated, sometimes taking a break helps the solution come to mind. And I know that's helped me because I would, you know, take a math problem that I was working um, through, and this is as a kid, and I tell you what, I would use so many sheets of paper to try to solve it, and I remember my mother taking the pencil out of my hand one day and said, you know, "Go, go take the laundry out of the... Dryer or the washing machine and put it in the dryer. And I was, you know, kind of frustrated going, Mom, I've got to get my homework done. And she said, Go take a break. And when, but just that mundane, mindless thing allowed me to figure out what I was doing wrong. So sometimes, you know, we can be so focused on something uh, that we can't figure it out. So sometimes just taking a tiny little break doing something mindless will help us find the solution. Number four: Do not reward frustration. When I was saying, you know, my kids were getting frustrated, so we switched things around. I'm not talking about a little temper tantrum. Um, That was something, you know, we had some rules in place as a family. It's okay to get frustrated. It's not okay to throw things, to break things, to yell, to scream, whatever. You know, sometimes kids get frustrated, um, and so we think that we need to to stop it all and, you know, do it for them. Um, But if they get frustrated, you can take a break, but it's not the first, when I say don't reward frustration, what I mean is that doesn't mean we stop and um, we make excuses for it and then the project or activity does not need to be finished. You might not be able to finish it that day, but you'll go back to it the next day. Um, It was similar to when my kids wouldn't try something new. So we just kept introducing it again. And I basically said to my kids, you know, you're going to have this every meal coming up, you know, for dinner. If it was like green beans or corn or whatever that it was. I said, if you don't taste a little bit of it now, you're going to have it every meal until you do. And so, um, you know, my daughter did this. She required them to taste just a little bit. And it's just like, you know, food. It's an acquired taste for some things. I remember being at a friend's house and getting sparkling water. And um, other than it was, you know, on the expensive side, I remember not liking it and kind of laughing and saying, This is an acquired taste. And they said, Once you drink this, you'll love it. And I do like it now. It's not something I would go out and buy, but it's true. It's something that, you know, you have to try and maybe try. Over and over again, if it's something uh, that you want to overcome, and it can be an acquired taste. Uh, so that brings us to point number five, and that is to try new things and allow your kids. Um, that is a definite do. Um, allow your kids to try some new things, some new activities, um, and you know, allow them that outlet of creativity. You know as I'm sharing this, I'm thinking of a friend of mine whose kids are very creative and she would be laughing right now and saying, you know what? I don't need to give my kids any, um, you know, encouragement because they are way too creative. So again, you know, look at your family, look at some, uh, things that you can do to increase their creativity or thinking outside of the box. And the point here really is to give them a chance to find solutions on their own without being totally led by a book. You know, you can do a lot of experimentation, for example, in science after you read an activity in a book, but this really allows them to think with no prior information, no research. And allows them to maybe come up with some uh, hypothesis based on life skills. And just to pull from um, experience, and the experience may be zero. And you're going to have to help them through. So here's some ideas to spark creativity and thinking outside of the box. And the first is lighting a bulb. So what you do here is you give the kids a little light bulb. Um, So this could be something um, that's from a flashlight, maybe an old flashlight that doesn't work. Just make sure the bulb's not burnt out. Um, You can buy these um, very easily at a craft store um, or even the hardware stores will have these. So a little light bulb, a battery, and a strip of aluminum foil. So what you're going to do is present these to the children and you're going to say, I want you to take these items and make the light bulb light. If you studied con- uh, conductivity, you know that's great. Um, you know, and if not, just let go and let and let the kids, you know, try this. You can do it in groups. Um, in the past, I let my kids do it alone, but I found that they were looking at each other to see if they could figure it out together. And it's really a, a, a fun activity. And when they make that light bulb light, they are super excited. A building. You can give them all kinds of different things. So one of my favorites is those mini marshmallows and toothpicks. And you can just give them something like this when you're making lunch one day. You know, have little baggies with marshmallows, another one with toothpicks, and give them one bag of each and say, okay, you know, create a car, create a house, or give them free reign to create something and then tell you what it is. The next time you might want to use a timer, you can select one thing, for example, a house and allow the kids to build against a clock, or they can build against a sibling or a friend or against you who can build a structure that's three-dimensional and can stand. Another thing with building is to give them a set of index cards and you know, give them the same amount each and ask them how high they can stack these cards and just sit back and watch. And again, start with no timer, no you know, um, no stress, in other words, and then, you know, build up to using a timer or building up against somebody else. Uh, You can pick a challenge. That's something else you can do. You can start with something familiar uh, to kids like sorting socks. Just recently, this came to me because my uh, grandkids were over, and when they come over, they like little chores where they can make some extra money. And so I um, had a big um laundry basket filled with laundry and my husband has these white socks he uses for work and so my grandson sorted the socks just fine and it was interesting that he stuffed one sock inside of another and so I looked at them thinking, oh my gosh, how much room is this going to take in the drawer? Because I had these big, long, you know, lengths of socks. So I looked at it and I said, wow, that's really cool. How did you figure that out? And he said, you know, I didn't really uh, know how to how to do this, Grandma. And I said, okay. I said, well, how about um, let's look at some different ways that you can keep them together. And he sat there and he figured out that just, you know, looping the top ends one over the other would keep him together and they would lay flat. So, you know, you can pick some kind of a challenge, something simple like sorting socks or, um, you know, try something like this. I know none of you have ever washed socks and lost its mate, right? Uh, That's always the puzzle of the missing socks. So how can we wash socks and come out with matches after laundry time? Brainstorm ideas, you know, take a challenging task and figure out how you can accomplish it. Use trial and error if it doesn't work. You know, how can you make it work? And identify assumptions, okay? So a lot of times the kids will say, well, just throw them in there and you know and, and and it should be okay and then sometimes it it's fine you do laundry and all the socks match and sometimes that doesn't happen and you have to figure out why overall taking time to develop ways of thinking outside of the box will help you with challenges in life and with academics and it will help your kids learn. It will, you know, share some of your creative outside of the box thinking with me on this podcast. Again, this is 297 vintagehomeschoolmoms.com. And let me know how you know thinking outside of the box has helped you and your family. You know, I know we can't always um, you know, do these kinds of things, but I do know that it is very, very helpful to get your kids to you know, make their own um, assumptions based upon what they're learning instead of what they think without any kind of sub- substantial, you know, um, information behind it. And I think that's gonna help them in life. Not only in in academics, but in you know so much that's happening in our world today. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks again, Kiwi Crate, for being our sponsor. And appreciate um, all you guys do with sharing our podcasts and visiting our sponsors, which bring you these podcasts for free. If you would give me a star rating on iTunes or any of the podcast apps where you listen to this show and others on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Take care, God bless, and talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and TheVintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.